The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Hour number two, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon. Get back into baseball in about 20 minutes with Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Just heard from a uh, uh, from a Cubs fan during the break telling mm-hmm. me to tap the brakes on Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> <laughs> Heather Burnside's not buying quite oh, yet. <laughs> not buying it. No. Uh, uh, needs to see a little bit. I get it. I get it. Yes. It's been awful. But uh, he's been so far so good. Anyways, more baseball conversation coming up. Uh, Matt Poston's momentarily. Keno Davis just has, has been fired within the last half hour at Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. He was there for a long time, Trent. Yeah, eight, nine years. Has it been that long? Had a regular season title, but didn't win the conference tournament no. and in the MAC. That means you don't get into the tournament. But a career, at least at Central Michigan, losing record 142 and 143. Mm. Got a long time. Got to the NIT once, the CIT a couple of times, the CBI once. Not good enough after nine years. Well, he parlayed the Drake, uh, the Drake magical run into a nice contract at mm-hmm. uh, Providence, and uh, didn't work out there. Off to Central Michigan. Who knows what's next? But uh, he's. Um on the unemployment line. But he'll be fine, I have a feeling. Yes, yeah. uh, let's get our friend Matt Poston's uh, in here. Poston's postcards on Twitter. Matt writes at, uh, well, a number of places, Heartland College Sports. He's a really good basketball mind. Uh, Heartland College Sports is a tremendous. If you're a Big 12 fan, you probably know about it. If you if you don't, I'm not sure how you don't at this point, but it's a great resource uh, for all of you Big 12 fans in the listening audience. And Matt's going to help us out with Baylor. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, Matt Postens? I'm good, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. And obviously, as uh, most of the sports fans are, unless you've got a big ticket on Gonzaga or Baylor, uh, we want a close game tonight. And uh, by all accounts, I think we're in for it. Uh, do you feel that way? Or do you think that uh, this Gonzaga, even though Baylor is really good, there's just a, such a nightmare, uh, a nightmare matchup. How do you feel going into it? No, I think this has every potential to be a very close game. I mean, kind of lost in the craziness of what happened last night with the UCLA game. Um, you know, Baylor's played probably its two best games since the COVID pause coming into this game. So they played an extremely good game against Arkansas. They played a, a great game against Houston. And in both of those games, they shot about 50% from the floor. They forced, I think, in combination in those two games, 26 turnovers. They converted a lot of those turnovers into points. Uh, Jared Butler had a great first half against Houston. He seems to finally have his three-point shot going. In fact, he was four of five from three against Houston. In the previous seven games, he had been 11 of 40 from three. So Mm. him getting going from the arc is a big deal for them, even though they've played as well as they've played the last three weeks. Getting him going can be a real X factor for them going in Monday night. But I, I see this being a very close game. It's, it's funny. I was listening to both press conferences yesterday from afar down here in Texas. I'm not up there in Indianapolis, unfortunately. Uh, and, of course, they were supposed to play in December. Uh, four months to the day ago, they were supposed to play mm-hmm. in December. And uh, Gonzaga had a positive test. They had to pull out of the game. And Scott Drew said to Mark Few, boy, wouldn't it be nice if we could just play here on April the 5th? And here we are. And here we are. That is awesome. <laughs> Absolutely love that. And I love the matchup. Compelling. 
these have been the two best teams all throughout the year. I think you can see that pretty early on. And and to not get that first game, Ken and I talked about this earlier. I think it's a good thing to not have the revenge angle, to not know each other quite that well on the intimate level. I, I think this is maybe better for the matchup that we didn't see that game four months ago. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I kind of agree with you. In fact, it's, it's strange to think about. Scott Drew said this yesterday. This is the first time since 1962 that two teams who were in the top three in the AP poll all season have met in the national championship game. That was Ohio State and Cincinnati. Um, Mark Few was talking yesterday about how he's been marveling at this team from afar for the past two years. Mm. Uh, of course, the last time they played each other was in the NCAA tournament two years ago. They played in the second round. Gonzaga won that game. But, you know, Mark Few has just been talking about how much he's just loved watching this team from afar. And, you know, and Scott Drew kind of said the same thing. And these, guys, these are guys who fish together in the offseason. They have a lot in common. They have a good relationship. So, you know, I think in the back of their minds, they have both been preparing for this game for quite some time. So it's probably a good thing that they didn't meet in December because I think we get a game where both of these teams are playing at extremely high level right now. Both of them know each other well, even though they haven't played each other. And I think we're just going to get two teams who do what they do best, and we're going to see who's better. Uh, go back to Saturday for us, man. And I don't know if you you're you're based in the state of Texas. You certainly, uh, I would think, uh, know more about Houston than certainly I did. Trent saw them a couple of times. Um, he bets every night. He's a, he's a sick individual, and um, I'm sure it's, it's <laughs> guilty, guilty, <laughs> right? Uh, but you but, can do that in Iowa. Now. Yes, yes, you can absolutely can. In fact, I just heard a call from a DraftKings client who got a really good boost. He actually get Gonzaga plus money. But Ooh. but that aside, um, so. Did Houston just have a bad night, or did did Baylor just take it to them and never give them a chance? Because that was certainly way more of a one-sided affair than I think anybody thought that we were going to see the early game on Saturday. Uh, it was a little bit of both. I felt like Houston matched up with them really well going into that game. They they played similar styles. They, they had similar personnel. Uh, Houston had played such a great game in the Elite Eight. Um, what Baylor did was they basically said, we're going to stop Quentin Grimes, and if anybody else can hurt us, go for it. And they they held Quentin Grimes to no points in the first half. He was 0-4 from the field. Now, Marcus Sasser had a huge first half, but he completely cooled off in the second half. And Grimes, I think, ended up with 14 or 15 points. Uh, the fact that they couldn't get him going early on, I think, really was the biggest problem there. They they Baylor kind of comboed between Mark Vidal and Davion Mitchell. They threw their matchup zone in a little bit, too. And they really just kind of frustrated Quentin Grimes, who played at Kansas last year. So Baylor knew him well. They knew his tendencies. They knew what they could do with him defensively. And I think that played a big factor in Houston not being able to get off to a good start because without Quentin Grimes setting the pace, you saw Marcus Sasser had a great first half. But a lot of those other guys are not used to making their own shot or making their own offense. And I think that's what put them behind the eight ball there in the first half of that game. So you're in Texas, and I don't know, maybe I'm weird this way and people think I'm weird for it, but I just always wonder what it's like inside the bases. Baylor is not a big public university. This isn't Texas. This isn't Texas A&M with 35,000 undergrads. This is a a smaller private school. Is is there Baylor fever across the state? (laughs) You're in Dallas, I think. Is that right? And that's, what, less than two hours away? What is the Baylor fan base like and across the state? Are there a bunch of Baylor fans? 
Well, Baylor's got a solid alumni base. I'm, I'm friends with several of them, and they're obviously very psyched for tonight. Uh, this is the first time they played for a national championship in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the last time they played was in 48 against Kentucky. So it's a big deal for them. Across the state, it's not quite like, um, you know, say if Texas were in the national championship game or even A&M were in the national championship game where everybody – would have their eyes on it or and would be talking about it for the two days leading up to it. Uh, it does have a different feel to it. Not that it's not important to those folks at Baylor, but and that and most of the state will watch the game tonight, but it's not going to be that sort of source of state pride, I think, necessarily for everybody. Although, to be fair, if Baylor wins tonight, they'll only be the second team from the state of Texas to win the national championship. The other being that Texas Western mm-hmm. team, now Utah, back in 1966 under Don Haskins. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That really is. You know, since we're talking about the Big 12, we're kind of moving around the state of Texas. Let's just get your uh, your your thought on Beard. It seemed like it was not inevitable, when it, but when it leaked out that uh, April 1st, the, the buyout was cut in half, it just seemed like, you know, you could connect the dots, right? Uh, I, I, I'm glad he's staying in the Big 12. I think he's a terrific coach. I feel bad for, you know, Texas Tech fans that, uh, that he's walking out to a rival, and it clearly is a rival. Uh, but what does that do for Texas Tech going forward? Do they have the ability to not miss a beat depending on the hire, or is it, you know, come on, it's, it, there's going to be somewhat of a, um, um, a drop-off now that Beard's no longer there? Uh, I, I think there will be a drop-off. I mean, already Kyler Edwards has put in for the transfer portal. Uh, Marco Santos Silva has put in for the portal. I, I haven't heard of anybody else putting themselves into the portal at this point. But uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. has been very active on Twitter. Uh, they're sophomore forward. Just like, you know, congratulating Chris Beard on the job, retweeting the fact that one of Beard's assistants followed into Texas. The strength coach at Texas Tech went with Beard to Texas. So, um, whoever gets that job, they've, they've got a job ahead of them in terms of keeping this team at least close to the level that Chris Beard has gotten them to the last five years. I, I think it's only inevitable that they take a step back. And, and don't be surprised if Texas doesn't look that great to start next year. And that's no offense to Chris Beard, but they've already lost Kai Jones to the draft. You know, three or four backups have gone to the transfer portal. We don't know if Matt Coleman. Uh, and their other senior, Jericho Sims, are coming back. We don't know about Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey yet. Uh, we know that Brock Cunningham appears to be coming back. So there's a lot to be settled in Austin in the next couple of weeks. I just think I just think Texas was endgame for Chris Beard when it comes right down to it. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's more of a Texas guy than I thought he was. He got his degree there. He was a student manager under Tom Penders, but he had spent 15 years in Lubbock, either as an assistant coach or a head coach. And I really felt like his situation, at least right now in the immediate term in Lubbock was better than the one that he's going to inherit in Texas. But, you know, I guess for him, Texas has always been that job. And when that job comes open, that's what you do. You go to it. Let's go down to Norman then, up for you, as we go to Oklahoma. They bring in Porter Mosier. I like the fit. Mm -hmm. I I think it makes sense. I I don't think he would have been a great fit at a quote-unquote blue blood. They're a light blue blood. It's a really good basketball program. Basketball doesn't matter as much as football there, of course. But what do you think of the fit and what it's going to take to kind of get his system implemented at OU? I think it's a good fit. I think if there was ever a time for him to go to a high major program, this was the time. I mean, he had done great work at Loyola Chicago. Um, His main experience at a high major was at Texas A&M, oddly enough, under Tony Barone in the 90s. Uh, He was an assistant coach at that program. 
he's got a job ahead of him. Uh, in between Long Kruger retiring and them hiring Porter Mosier, uh, Brady Manick has put into the portal. Yep. Um, a couple of other players have put into the portal. Devion Harmon's declared for the draft, although I think he'll come back. But Austin Reeves has declared for the draft as well, and he is not coming back. So they've mm-hmm. lost right now. If all those guys are gone, they've lost most of their offense from last year. So there's a big rebuild job there ahead for Porter Mosier. Uh, you know, I think Long Kruger did what he could to keep the cupboard full, but you know, Joe Castiglione had a big job the last couple of weeks. Not only did he have to find Long Kruger's replacement, he had to find Sherry Cole's replacement for the women's basketball program. So he was doing two basketball searches at the same time, trying to get both of these positions filled. And I don't know who they hired as the women's coach, but I think Potter Mosier is going to be a good fit. I think it's his opportunity and his time to build the program and his image. He was talking to ESPN Saturday about how he's looking for tough players that want to come in and be a part of a winning culture. That's very similar to what Long Kruger was trying to do there at Oklahoma for 10 years. So I think in the short term, he becomes a good fit. But, you know, like Texas Tech, this Oklahoma team's probably going to take a step back next year. All right, let's get back to tonight, uh, Matt. Before we let you go, Matt Poston's HeartlandCollegeSports.com for you Big 12 fans in the listening audience. Uh, Matt on Twitter at Poston's Postcard. He also covers the Dallas Cowboys. Um, who you may have heard of. Uh, <laughs> they draft, what, 10, Matt? Is that where they're at? I think they're 10, aren't they? They are number 10 yeah. overall, unless Jerry decides to do something, which Jerry very well could decide to do something. Or they, they <laughs> I mean, if there's a quarterback that falls past Carolina at Denver at 8 and 9, maybe his phone rings. I don't know. Maybe it's Belichick that has to grab a quarterback. So they'll be, they're always, I, uh, they're always yeah. the story of the Cowboys. Anyways, uh, help us out tonight. Is this going to be close? Uh, can Baylor, UCLA did. Why can't Baylor keep it close? Baylor's yeah. been uh, on such a roll. I think it's going to be an edgier seat. Maybe not last basket wins, but it could be this kind of finish. I think so, too. For Baylor, watch the three-point shooting. That is their calling card. They're the best three-point shooting team in the country. If they shoot the three well, if they shoot well overall, they'll be in this game. For Gonzaga, Drew Timmy, he's the X factor. Mm-hmm. If he has a big game, they're not going to lose. If he has a normal game, you know, 15, 16 points, Baylor has a really good chance of winning this game. Uh, I know Jalen Suggs is that big three in overtime. They've got a lot of great players. But when Drew Timmy is killing you on the low post the way he did UCLA in overtime the other night, he's almost impossible to stop. Oh, man. Bring it on. Bring it on. I mean, we this was, the I think, the only – National event that we didn't get. I mean, they played for Super Bowl. The NBA crowned their champion, a World Series. We had the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup. We had college football. We didn't have March Madness. We deserve this. We do. Yep. That's why I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Matt, listen, thanks for what you do. I know you'll be transitioning here in the next couple of weeks to college football with all the spring stuff going on, and soon you'll be getting all your preseason stuff ready. We will uh, impose on you a couple of times before we get to college football. Thank you for what you do for us, Matt Poston. Sure appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Who thinks that this game is going to be a nail-biter? I uh, jumped on DraftKings. Thank you to the caller that alerted us of that. So you got the the boost? I now have Gonzaga plus four and a half. That's a great, great, great uh, perk. Now I had them minus ten. Thought I was home free before the game against UCLA. And Mm. that's why it's gambling, right? Yeah. There are no sure things. And then I was pretty heavily invested in Gonzaga and some futures tickets that I have. So then I started live betting UCLA. I am terrible. I mean, I'm not great gambling in general. I understand mm-hmm. this is 
ultimately, I'm not going to be a winner long term, but I have fun with it. Live betting, I get too emotionally invested. I start thinking, and especially if I'm betting on a team, one of my favorite teams, it gets even worse. I got to stay away from the live betting, but it's just dang so much fun. No, it's, 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 uh, it's something that um, we thought was going to catch on mm-hmm. in game betting because it was so big in the UK. Right, yeah. And going back 10 years ago, I can remember it was such a big talker. And. It took a while mm-hmm. before it started to, you know, follow suit to the way um, the handle numbers are in the UK. I mean, no, UK betting, in-game betting is just through the roof, and it's picking up steam here in a big way. But it's not at the level no, that it is no, there. No, 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 and no. I wonder if it will. You know, if you're, I like, I don't do the. Well, the next basket be a two or three or a free throw. Right. Well, you make both free throws, one or two. Or, right. Or, right. I, that's not me. It's the actual game. Right. Field or, goal, will he make it? No, yes, yes. or no. Right. Or a total. I'll, I'll do both of those. But yeah, the actual every single play, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be really yeah. dialed in. Maybe it takes away some of the enjoyment for me. Well, the, it's almost like a job if you're betting like right. that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Can't have a beer. Can't have a puff. You don't. I mean, you just got. You got to. You got to concentrate. Have to be locked in. Have uh-huh. to make sure that you're watching the game basically in real time too. Right. If there's any kind of, and that's another thing that I found is you'll be looking at those live lines, and they are Direct TV. What are we seven or ten seconds behind? There's whatever certainly it is, a live delay. Action. Yeah, and it's bigger if you're watching on YouTube TV mm-hmm. with the streaming that happens there because of that. You can't live bet. You, you can't live bet in that kind of fashion. The moment to moment interaction that's there, but. Ah, so much fun. And plus four and a half with his eggs. Yeah, you I'm will in. take it. So, yeah, thank you to the caller who alerted mm-hmm. you and asked us to alert everybody out there that has a DraftKings account. Of course, Trent and I speak on behalf of DraftKings. And it's Masters Week. Oh, my gosh. What a week. What a run for Jim Nance. You know, he was really good on Saturday. And I'm not the biggest Nance fan, as you know. He has improved so much. with Having Romo has helped him immensely uh-huh. in the football booth. And having Raft has helped him, I think, yeah. in the college basketball. He's not my. He's not even in my top twenty nor of favorite my, college basketball announcers. But you're right. Yeah, credit where credit mm-hmm. is due. He's had a good term. Grand Hill's terrific. Yes, uh, that that's a really good tandem. You know, I keep going back to Jason Benetti, and I don't care what sport it is. I don't care who he's working with. He is such a pro and brings out the best, and it's seamless, right? Yeah, it could be Dan Dockich or whoever he's working with, and he can. Be very serious, mm-hmm. and he can be a goofball. And he's funny. He's yes. witty. He's quick. Yep. And listening to him and Steve Stone, I think it's the best listening in baseball. I'm not into Book Shambi and JD yet. I'm this, hey, you, I you've noticed I now the, the first name calling, though, a Boog? I heard it a lot yes. again over the weekend. Yes. Everybody's by their yeah. trying to Fit hometown in. I think he's it. trying too hard. A little bit. Did, and do you notice notice what I said after Thursday game? Does his voice sound a little different to you? Well, you know, honestly, it's funny you mention that. You know who I? You know who he reminds me of? A guy I used to work with, Jimmy B. He, <laughs> you know, when you talk to Brinson, he, he talks normal, but right. then you put him in front of a microphone, or he answers, "This is Jim." <laughs> it's like you don't have to do that; just be you. Right. And I kind of got that vibe from Bookshaw. I could be that wrong, mm-hmm. but that's kind of I. I thought I was listening to Jimmy B. And I love Jimmy B. You love Jimmy B. Of we course, working with Jimmy B. Uh, it's eleven twenty-five. We'll be back to talk more baseball before we get out of here. We'll put Trent on record. Uh, we kind of have an idea mm-hmm. what he's going to do, but um, I got some baseball plays to, to tonight. Oh yeah, your yeah. twins play in, in thirty minutes. I know. I'm going to be. That, is that series? All day games because I know all they three play of them. tomorrow too. Yeah, they play the 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all 12-10 Central first pitch. Indeed. In Detroit. Chance to get real good here early on. Get a little... Distance cushion, between them right? and the White Sox, yeah, yeah. little cushion. And, and that the greatest White bullpen Sox. in the uh, in the in all of baseball, I heard so much about Ooh. the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I was told by Sean Roberts. I was told by other White Sox fans. This is the best bullpen in baseball. Mm. Certainly hasn't looked at four games in. No, they gave up another walk off last night. Boy, that kid that hit a hit two yesterday. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many guys drafted him on their fantasy squad. He was deep down the list. Was but, he? Uh, I bet he was. Moving on up. Oof. Uh, 11.25, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. A little baseball conversations. 1460 KXNO and 106.3. Wolf Roofing is as strong as ever. We started as a roofing company 26 years ago, and we're still a roofing company today. If there's something going on with your roof, we know what's wrong with it. We take your roof personally, and our staff will meet you first with the business card in hand. You won't just find a dumpster in a trailer in your driveway. There's always somebody to talk to. Let us show you why people prefer Wolf Roofing. Call 225-8866, 225-8866, and we'll talk, or visit us on the web at wolfroofing.net. KXNO. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia, to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this week's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around very often so sign up for a DraftKings Sportsbook account now and get in all of the action and choose your golfer before the tournament tees off on Thursday morning. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament. That's code KXNO to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- Insurance company and affiliates. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Just past 11.30 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Let's do some baseball conversation, shall we? Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, got his first power rankings up after the weekend. Love it. I'm assuming they went over well in some corners. Uh, Matt joins us. Matt, Trent, and Ken, um, I'm, I'm guessing that regardless of if you would have put Whoever the blowbacks first our team was on top, they would have found something to pick at. How big of is the blowback during the regular season when you put on a power rankings from some fan base that thinks their team should be fourteen, not sixteen? <laughs> uh, you know what? I I, I find it uh, humorous and kind of like a fun little absolute part of the job. It, it's it's rare to have like an onslaught, actually. I, I think a lot of people know by now that it's all in good fun, and uh, a lot of times I'm just being t- tongue-in-cheek, but I actually did have an Astros fan today just say, like, how did you not do the right thing and put the Astros number one? And I'm like, all right, man. It's, you know, the Astros were as dominant as anybody that we've seen yeah. to start a season for four games, for sure. But, I mean, the Dodgers winning three of four, I'm not going to knock them off the perch for that. 
No, it's been unbelievable so far. So, you know, so much ground to cover. We want to start with the locals here before we kind of branch out a little bit. Uh, the, the the White Sox, um, uh, their series with the Angels has been terrific. The Mercedes story is, a, is one of those ones that uh, catches everybody's attention, right? Twenty two Over 2,200 at-bats in the minor leagues before he gets his chance. And then he goes eight for eight, and he's taking pictures with Mike Trout and with Pulos before the game. Just one of those feel-good stories. But having said that, what do you take away from that series? Did we learn more about the Angels or, at least for the first weekend, did we, you know, do we tap the brakes a little bit on the White Sox? Um, you know, I, uh, again, so many caveats apply when it's, when you know it's only four games in. It's like two point five percent of the season, so we have so so long to go. But I, I think I would kind of say both because one, heading into the year, I did AL Central X Factors post, and on the White Sox, I said it was their lack of depth because they're really really talented, but. Once, if anybody gets injured, they don't have much depth. They have three really good starting pitchers and then question marks. They have one incredible relief ace and a bunch of question marks. They don't have much depth behind the starters. Well, they already lost Aloy Jimenez uh, to injury. Now Tim Anderson had a hamstring issue last night. Uh, their runs basically only scored because the Angels gave it gave them runs. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they felt like they should have played a lot better. And uh, yeah, but uh, on the on the Angels side, what we're seeing now is Shohei Otani. If he's going to be able to do this kind of both ways thing and play like that, okay, now we've got something going. The offense as a whole was like David Fletcher kind of as as a catalyst in front of Otani, Trout, Rendon. And the pitching seemed like it's been okay other than Otani. Um, the bullpen seems like it's pretty well figured out with the Glaciers at the back, and I know he blew the save last night, but that was because he couldn't throw it to third, not because he couldn't hit. <laughs> right. uh, I, I thought the Angels looked really good, and I thought the White Sox looked uh, kind of thin, like I thought they might. You know, watching the game last night, it was a lot of buildup because of Otani batting second, the home run, throwing it over 100 miles an hour in the first day, just all these Trent, different he things. he had 10 pitches, maybe 12, 100-plus. We know the talent is there, yeah. and we know Mike Trout is on that team. Baseball still, it's a regional sport, but mm-hmm. is this a team that can get the casual fan more involved? I know they play in the West Coast, and that makes it difficult, but because of the Trout storyline, and then Otani on top of it, is this something that maybe you get them on Sunday Night Baseball a little bit more, as long as you know Otani's going to be pitching that game too? Right. I would sure hope so. I, I would hope so. And maybe there was a little piggybacking on uh, the women's national title game. Absolutely. You know, maybe some people hung around and saw, hey, this guy's pitching and throwing over 100 and he's batting second. And then the first pitch he saw, he hit 450 <laughs> feet. It's possible there was a little bit of uh, attraction there. Uh, so, so hopefully, because that was really cool. Like, I, I, I was sitting there like, this is fun. You know, he's hitting the second. I'm getting ready to ride it. And then, boom. Just yeah, that was awesome. Really, uh, really you know, I, I, he's gonna as the season goes on, uh, goes along. Hopefully, he kind of gets his command under control. He 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 had struggled with command throughout the night, but then especially in the fifth, you could tell he just ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, Madden should have pulled it before he, he faced Abreu after he walked Eaton. 
Um, I know he struck out the last guy, but it was on a pitch out of the zone. And then, yeah, what <laughs> happened after that was insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it really was. I mean, and, and Madden critics, especially the ones that are Cubs fan, pointing out Kyle Hendricks, it's like he was looking for an excuse to remove him early in games and leaves yeah. Otani out there. Uh, I don't want to do all angels all the time, but the, we we may have a team that has – you know, I heard, saw this on Twitter a lot last night. We'll debate this as the season goes on. Are the two best players in baseball both Los Angeles Angels, which is a fair debate. So let's go to the Cubs and what we saw them do. I get it. It was the Pirates. Uh, but a couple of takeaways from there, uh, from the from the weekend set. Jake Arrieta looked really good uh, in his return to Wrigley Field as a member of the Cubs. And Craig Kimbrell. I mean, Matt, he threw, he faced six batters. He struck out five. Craig Kimbrell struck out five of yeah. the six uh, pirates that he saw. Encouraging, to say the least. Yeah, and, and uh, if you look at the Saturday game, Workman and Chafin, too. It was uh, the Cubs relievers faced nine hitters, struck out seven, and got all nine guys out. Now, again, it's the Pirates, so, you know, all caveats apply, but... Uh, it's interesting that going into the season, the worry on the Cubs was kind of the pitching side, both the, both the rotation and the bullpen, a rotation full of soft tossers, a bullpen full of question marks. And they come away, and I'm looking, I think they're hitting like 142 as a team right now. They only got 12 <laughs> in three games against the Pirates. So winning two or three, good. But if anything, I'm looking at the offense going, oh, man, I really hope you guys can hit better than this because it's not, you're not going to be facing the Pirates every game. Even if in the first two weeks it seems like you're facing the Pirates almost mm-hmm. every game, uh, that's not how it's going to be the whole year. Uh, but encouraging signs on the pitching end for sure. Rest of the NL Central, imagine this. There is a brawl between the Reds and Cardinals, a right of summer. I know it's coming up when these two teams are it's fighting. True. The Brewers, the Twins take two out of three, but Corbin Burns was oh. I mean, just toe-in-toe. That guy, him and Woodruff at the top of the rotation, that's scary for the rest of the NL Central. Absolutely. that's a that's a. that's They should be a lot better at run prevention because uh, not only do they have the pitching at the front end, uh, Craig Council is as good as anybody at managing mm-hmm. a bullpen and yes. uh, running laps just because it's fresh in my mind around the two guys that we had to watch last night. (laughs) Council's so much better at dealing with the bullpen. And, uh, you know, they added Colton Wong, so they can move Kessner here over to first base. He was kind of a butcher at second base. Wong's among the best defensive second basemen in baseball. So run prevention-wise, they should be much, much improved. But, hey, good series by the Twins. Other than, you know, they had a meltdown, complete meltdown in the ninth on opening day. That's all they were. That's all that they were away from a sweep. Yeah, Kepler makes that catch in right field, which he should have as a major leaguer. Um, and, and you're right, maybe this thing would have been a sweep. I want to bring up the Kansas City Royals because they're off to, I get it, it's Texas uh, sharing the diamond yeah. with them. But at the same time, uh, Kansas City, Trent and I both felt that their arrow you know, was pointing down for so many years after the championship run, right? And the rebuild was on. Saw some glimpses last year. Uh, seeing more of them so far this year. Anxious to watch this team. I know there's a lot of support for this team here in Central Iowa. A lot of Royals fans. And they have to be encouraged from what they've seen after their first weekend from their team. Absolutely. I mean, that, that offense in those first two games. Yeah, Michael Taylor. It was, yeah, and this is, you know, I think they're going to be one of those teams that they're probably not very good. Um, they're not a contender, but they're going to be a, a fun, like up and coming fun team. Mm-hmm. Um, I did take the over on their wins, like 72 wins. I, I, I think I've yeah. got them in the 75 to 80 range. So they're getting kind of closer to 500, closer to contention. 
Um, this series is kind of indicative of something that I think we'll see this season is if when they're playing an actual bad team, I think they can kind of beat up on, on, on teams. So they'll be one of those. It's like, they're not a, a true contender, but they're definitely not bad either. They're kind of a maybe lower two thirds of the league team instead of top bottom five or whatever. Well, the Padres come out, they win the first three games, lose yesterday, but the story isn't that it's, I think the slow start to Tatis Jr., but Maybe more importantly, what's going on with the defense? Five errors the first weekend? Yeah, mm. Let's just call it a small sample and write it off as a yeah. fluke for now. But, man, five errors in four games. He only had three all year last year mm. uh, in 50-plus games. Uh, he did hit the home run in the ninth yesterday. So maybe that will kind of, you know, baseball's such a mental game in addition to being a physical game. And if he was pressing at all, I don't think anybody could blame him for pressing after he signed that kind of a contract. Maybe the home run is something that will clear his head now, and he'll get it going, and uh, everything will kind of fall into place. Uh, bigger surprise, Oakland 0-4 or the Braves winless in the weekend in Philadelphia? Oh, man. Uh, both huge. Those are probably the two biggest. Uh, I, I think I'll go Braves on that. But because I do think the A's are a little down this year, but I didn't think that they were going to get completely humiliated in four games by the Astros. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just that was as dominant as anything we've seen for four games to start a season uh, by the Astros. But yeah, the Braves they were right there all three games, but they didn't hit. You know, it's uh, yesterday what two one, and it was a solo home run. Uh, that that offense is far too good to to not hit. So again, that's that's one of those things where you look at it and. While it's a big surprise, and like I said, probably a bigger surprise, it's three games. You know, it's not even 2% of the season. You, you look at up and down between Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna. They've got too many dudes to, to not hit. Right. So that'll be turned around here rather quickly, I would bet. Although I believe they have to face Jacob DeGrom, who has like oh. four extra days of rest. So maybe not right away, but it'll turn around soon enough. With that, we're talking with Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. No games for the Nationals. I remember hearing the Cardinals last week. They were flying into Cincinnati and and getting their Johnson & Johnson shot. Across baseball, where are teams, players individually, any even guesstimate on numbers of how many guys have been vaccinated at this point? Uh, The only thing we know is that Major League Baseball said, as I'm sure you've already discussed, that if you get to an 85% threshold as a team, then they will relax Mm -hmm. uh, the COVID protocols a little bit. Haven't really heard what teams have gotten there, what teams will be relaxed. I I did just see that the Brewers talked about how they're over the threshold and they're releasing like PSAs to try to encourage people to get the vaccines. Uh, So that's very good. Um, but past that, we don't really know that much uh, because it, it's they're kind of keeping things under wraps, which I, I understand that, yeah. too. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of politicization of, of, of stuff that I don't want to get into. So I appreciate that aspect of the, the secrecy. Yeah, I'm with you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, appreciate it. Again, it's only been opening weekend. Uh, just the I mean, the fans in ballparks, right? It was it made it makes such a huge difference. No piped in sound. It it felt like we were watching baseball again. It really and truly did. Scanning the crowd, even the upper uh, upper deck, the corners. They put a pot of of fans up in there. It was yeah, great I, to see. 
I, I joked around last year, all year, and probably did on, on your show, that like if your favorite team wins the World Series, it's definitely a real year and it counts. And if they don't, then you just say it's a fake year and it doesn't count. But like honestly, I will say this actually felt like this is the first real season since the Nationals beat the Astros in Game 7 in 2019. It really did feel that way, and that's not a knock on the Dodgers no. or their fans. It just it felt like yep. we're back. Indeed it is. Uh, great stuff. Thank you, Matt Snyder. Appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thanks for doing this for us. All right, guys. Have a good one. You do the same. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Fun weekend of baseball. Your, your twins and the Brewers, that was a terrific, a really fun series mm-hmm. to watch. Um, yeah, White, White Sox was... I'm surprised. The Angels maybe a little bit better. Yes, yeah. they certainly were the first weekend of the season. Well, now it gets in, and this is the other part, the overreaction that we have this first weekend... Now you're getting into number four and number five starters. Yeah. And for so many teams, the Brewers, number one and number two mm-hmm. with Burns and Wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look out. Right. Four and five. It's true. Cubs, four and five. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. There's a lot of teams. Davies was really good yesterday he watching was. him. He put, he when did he get in trouble? Man, sixth inning, I think. I've always liked him. He's, yeah, he's been fine. He he's is fine. a serviceable. He's a middle of the rotation guy. Back in. Four or five. Three, four. I like him a little better than you do. What's he in the over-under 4.2 ERA? Under. Oh, you do like him. By a, by, by a hair. By a smidge. Uh, speaking of over-unders, we'll uh, get Trent's play coming up here before we get out of here. Fingers crossed, baby. Let's have a classic, shall we? Mm, it was, am I mistaken? That was the only one we had taken away from us last year, right? I mean, we had the Masters. It was November. Mm-hmm. We crowned a cup champion. NBA trophy was handed out. There was the Super Bowl. College football found their championship. Uh, we lost the British Open. Didn't have Wimbledon. Didn't have Wimbledon. That's true. The Olympics, of course, were moved back. They, they were they were shelved until when is it? August or July of this year? Late, late, July. late July. Late July. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Gonzaga Baylor tonight. Trent will go on record. What's he's doing in his account? Miller and Condon. Final few minutes on the other side of this commercial stoppage on fourteen sixty KXNO and one. This is KXNO. Trent Condon here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always spend laundry. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes here on a Monday. Murph and Andy coming up in an hour and seven minutes. 
Fanatics will follow in here at uh, three. Of course, they're three to six. All right, Trent. So you do you like a couple of baseball games in addition to the national championship tonight? I certainly like the Twins. Uh, first pitch coming up in less than twenty minutes. Uh, Shoemaker for Minnesota. Yeah, you can tell me a little bit more uh, Trent, about Shoemaker. I love him. Everything that I've read about him, he wasn't great this spring. Wasn't he? He was. He I think gave up four home runs overall. Mm. ERA was north Often of six. Injured. Yes, that's always the knock. Against I think him. his first game as a J two years ago. He was rounding. What was he doing? He tore his ACL, I think. Oh, really? And he's had it's not arm injuries for him. He's no. got a bulky shoulder, elbow. Right. It's weird stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, they they were counting on him, and um, I think you got a good one there at the back of your rotation. Rain delay, by the sounds of things. Oh, really? Just looking at it. <laughs> okay. So, you, but you like the Twins when they get to play. Who else? I do like the Twins, and uh, I, I'm going to take another big favorite. Your Blue Jays. That where do they go? They are in oh, Texas. Texas. Yeah, yeah, Texas. I knew that. And you were right. You were telling me how bad you thought the Rangers were going to be watching them against the Royals. Mm. That team, that bullpen, mm. I couldn't name two guys in that bullpen. Right. It, it, normally, oh, yeah, I remember that guy, dot, dot. No, that thing is hideous. No. Absolutely gross. I was um, I was very encouraged watching my, my, my Jays this weekend. I might even put that together. I might parlay it. Put the Twins and Jays And together. why would you stop there? There's well, basketball tonight, Trent. You, you know I'm going to be heavily invested there. I haven't put... I will put it up on the Action Network. You can just search me, Trent Condon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play probably quite a few player props in this game. I haven't officially uh, got deep into them, but that's something I'm going to be doing today. Gonzaga, though. You think they win convincing, co- I comfortably? Do. I'm going to play yeah. alternate lines at probably up to 8.5, 9.5 in that range. Get some plus money there. I think ultimately they had their scare. They had they their did. rough moment. UCLA, UCLA played as well as they could. Mm-hmm. And Gonzaga took their best shot, shot less than 33% from three, mm-hmm. and still won it. I think we see the Gonzaga we'd seen the first four rounds before that. They win. And when can they win by nine to 12? Really? Zags. Yeah. Well, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, and in a way, I do too. Yeah. I just wanted, yeah, last game of the year, entertain us. Well, I mean, you're never going to top Saturday night. No, no. That, that's asking a lot. Good God, that was unbelievable watching that the way it unfolded. And glad that it did. And I think, you know what, if you were to, deep down, you get the execs at CBS over a beer, they were glad. You, they're, they're glad it's Gonzaga. And look, UCLA's a brand. Mm-hmm. I get it. But it's the number one overall seed versus the number two overall seed. Going for undefeated. Yeah, precisely. Two teams that were... Where did Baylor fall to three at one point? Wasn't Michigan at two yeah, for yeah. a week? Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it was one versus two all season long. Yeah, CBS, this is what they want. This is what we want. We just wanted to start a little earlier, but we're not going to get that, are we? No, not at all. 8-20, one shining moment, and uh, hit the pillow. You'll by. have to. I'll, I'll record the one shining You moment. won't even stay up for one shining no, moment. No, I never do. No. I never do. I'm, you I'm you don't want to see Yesifu one final I'll see, time? I'll see him tomorrow morning. Okay. With the dunk, because yeah. that's going to be in there. Oh, it has to be. It has, has to be. be in there, right? Yep, some amazing moments uh, from this tournament. But who, by, by, by all accounts, Indianapolis did phenomenal work. Yeah. And they were very strict. I mean, you saw um, Zhu Zhang's brother was from Vietnam. Did you see that story? No. Zhu Zhang's brother grew up in Vietnam, and he flew to Indianapolis mm-hmm. to be there for the semifinal. You know how close he could get to his brother between a pane of glass? Oh, I bet. Wouldn't, wouldn't let him into the hotel. Yeah. And parents too. I mean, that's they, they, you have to when they're in a bubble, because I, I want to end with the Vancouver Canucks, but this is a really serious situation that's going on in pro sports with yeah, them. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, this is serious. 
Um, and in Indianapolis, it could have got away and it didn't. And hats off to them uh, for pulling this off. Enjoy the game tonight, folks. We'll talk about it tomorrow, whichever team you're rooting for. Murph and Andy in 65 minutes. The Fanatics at 3. Morning Rush will kick off local programming tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.